0: Well, Ukraine's Independence Day is this Wednesday. It also marks six months since Russia's invasion. So we'll be talking a lot about what's going on in Ukraine this week. But I thought we would talk about this one tonight because it happened over the weekend, and it was it's a strange story. A high-profile assassination of the 29-year-old daughter of Alexander Dugin, an ultra an philosopher and writer that is referred to in the West as Putin's brain. Dariana Dugina, was killed when she, uh, the SUV she was driving, was blown up by a suspected bomb just outside of Moscow on Saturday night. It's also believed her father was meant to be riding with her.
1: Russia's Federal Security Service, or FSB, the main successor to the Soviet-era KGB, is accusing Ukrainian spy agencies of organizing the killing of the daughter of a Russian nationalist ideologue. 29-year-old Daria Dugana, the daughter of the Russian nationalist philosopher and writer Alexander Dugan, was killed Saturday night by an explosive planted in an SUV she was driving. The FSB says the killing of Dugana was prepared and perpetrated by the Ukrainian special services. The FSB says... The bombing suspect, Natalia Volfk, rented an apartment in the building where Dugana lived, shadowed her, and left Russia for Estonia after the killing. Ukraine previously denied any involvement in the killing. I'm Mike Gracia.
0: Now, no one has claimed responsibility for the bomb. There's no clarity on a possible motive. Alexander Dugan is a prominent proponent of what's known as the Russian world concept. It's a spiritual and political ideology that really emphasizes the restoration of Russia's power, and the unity of all ethnic Russians throughout the world. He and his daughter, vehement supporters of Putin's move to send troops into Ukraine. So who could be behind this? Why? What impact will it have on the ongoing war in Ukraine? Joining me now is Russia media watcher and author of Stalingrad Lives, Ian Garner. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Good evening. Uh, tough to make sense. Of, I mean, clearly a high-profile We could call it an assassination, I imagine. We don't quite know. Uh, But who was Daria Dugina?
1: So, Dugina is the daughter of Alexander Dugin, who might be more well known to your audience. He's been knocking around for a few decades now, and he's this somewhat fringe figure who styles himself as a neo fascist philosopher. His major ideas revolve around was Eurasianism borrowed. It goes back decades in in Russia. And the idea essentially is to create a a pan-Eurasian empire stretching from the Pacific all the way into Central Europe that would essentially be ruled along racial lines by Russia. And Dugan espouses this really extreme racist philosophy, some of the more unpleasant calls for genocide against ukrainians some of the more unpleasant kind of dehumanizing language has emanated from Dugin in the last few years and daria his daughter who's around about 30 i'm going to say although i'd have to check that don't quote me on it is seen as a kind of an up-and-coming heir to her father's throne she is or she was young media-friendly photogenic really seen as kind of the great white hope of this whole circle of people around Dugin who are pushing a really extreme vision of the world. And she's been welcomed into the state propaganda media networks with open arms. She's been on the flagship news channels repeatedly. She recently spoke at a military conference. So these are not fringe figures, even if they don't have direct lines to the
0: Kremlin. So this would have been a high-profile... Um, attack, what do we know about what happened? All we
1: really know is that there was a car bomb that went off late in the night. Dugan and his daughter were together. It's not clear exactly who was the target of the attack. Rumors are flying about who might have committed the attack and the reasons for the attack. There seems no obvious reason for it. But what I can tell you is that the FSB, the Russian state security networks, claim to have discovered that this was perpetrated by a Ukrainian citizen. And they're treating it as a terroristic act and therefore a reason to elevate the level of violence that they are going to use in Ukraine itself.
0: I understand that part of the speculation was that Alexander, dad, was meant to be in the same vehicle, but was not. uh, And and therefore, he may have been the target, not his daughter. Uh, Is there any, any, does that ring true at all? It's entirely possible. But one of the things that
1: we have to understand about these assassinations and killings in Russia, which have been less frequent in the last few years, is that Rumors fly. The truth is deliberately muddied by the state. State propaganda networks will use it for the Kremlin's own benefit. And rarely do we actually discover the truth. And even more rarely is anyone prosecuted, certainly the right people prosecuted. And that's been the modus operandi of the regime ever since the early 2000s, when journalists like Anna Politkovskaya, who some of your viewers, uh, listeners may remember, covered the Chechen wars, was killed. Her killers were really probably never brought to justice, although somebody was convicted. And so I, I would expect that the mystery is not resolved very quickly at all.
0: Um, in this case, listeners should know Ukraine of course completely denies any involvement in this. Uh, but Alexander Dugan is 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 close to Vladimir Putin though. I mean he's he's he has friends in high places, needless to say.
1: He certainly has connections in high places. He has been involved in running a large TV channel that's not state owned, but is an extremist TV channel that is certainly tolerated softly by the regime. But sometimes he's painted as something like Putin's brain or Putin's right hand man, Putin's ideologist. I think it's unfair to call him that. His influence is not so great. He doesn't have Putin's phone number, he's not visiting the Kremlin, he's not advising Putin. What he is doing is whipping up nationalist sentiment with what is a very large following on social media, on this television network, Sarkrad, and having a great influence on a wider kind of a political culture.
0: And with his daughter doing the same, uh, and certainly something that would be effective these days, given the circumstances.
1: Absolutely. And... The results of this killing, aside from giving the state media another justification, as flimsy and absurd as it is to continue its assault on Ukraine, is going to be the kind of the sanctification, we're already seeing this, of Daria, the daughter, into this great kind of innocent martyr, somebody who is just an innocent bystander, murdered by terrible Ukrainians. It's just fueling this nationalist fire, this idea that Russia is under threat, that if Russia doesn't go on the offensive, then bad things will happen in Moscow. They could happen to you too, the ordinary Russian.
0: Is there any precedent here for uh, for these sorts of, um, let's call them false flag attacks? I know that sounds conspiratorial, uh, but is it just as likely to have been done on the inside as anywhere else? given the result?
1: Absolutely. And the regime has a long history of carrying out these sorts of provocations and then blaming its own enemies, whether internal or external, starting with most likely a series of apartment bombings that were carried out just when Putin came to power that was used as a pretext for upping the level of violence in the Chechen wars in the early 2000s.
0: I'm speaking with Ian Garner. He's a Russia media watcher and author of Stalingrad Lives. We've been talking about the assassination over the weekend, or at least a car bombing uh, that killed a young woman, Daria Dugana. She was a daughter of a prominent ultranationalist, Alexander Dugan, and all sorts of uh, speculation flying around. The Russian authorities have been quick to blame uh, Ukraine or a Ukrainian citizen, at least in this. When we come back, we're coming up to Ukrainian Independence Day. Uh, six months since Russia's invasion. We know that Vladimir Putin likes his his anniversaries or seems fixated on them. What to expect this week? That's next. My guest this half hour is Ian Garner. He's a Russian media watcher and author of Stalingrad Lives. We've been talking about the assassination over the weekend, or at least a car bombing uh, that killed a young woman, Daria Dugana, who is a well-known ultranationalist in Russia, at least appearing on state TV and so forth. Her father is perhaps... A uh, far better known uh, Russian far right nationalist, uh, Alexander Dugin. And we've been talking about uh, who could have possibly carried this out. Uh, Russian security services have already quickly figured this out, at least so they say. They're blaming Ukraine and Ukrainians for this. Uh, Ukraine, of course, denies this completely. Uh, we're coming up on an important anniversary, in this week. It is uh, both uh, six months since the invasion of Ukraine, it's Ukraine. Ukrainian Independence Day on the same day, all on Wednesday. Uh, We know in the past, or at least people talk about Vladimir Putin's fixation with dates and anniversaries. Will this be a week where we will see something happen, do you think, just given past as prologue?
1: Militarily, I think it's very hard to know. But what we will see in the state media is, once again, this anniversary will be used to whip up anti-Ukrainian sentiment. Because the sentiment is such, if you've been listening, that ultranationalists like Dugana who've been tolerated on state media, and not just tolerated, but encouraged by state media to express, frankly, genocidal ideas about Ukraine and the erasure of not just Ukraine as a political entity, but Ukrainianness as a, as a culture, as a language, and Ukrainians as people... We will just see more rallying around this idea that this country should not exist. That it is an affront to Russianness. It is an affront to the Russian power and to Russian cultural identity. So I think we will just see more more racism or more hatred flying around Russia and more more difficult times in the weeks ahead.
0: So we can expect this week that Russian state media will completely ignore whatever whatever's happening in Kyiv, however the Ukrainians mark it, but will in fact uh launch a concerted effort to remind Russians themselves of why they're fighting this war.
1: Absolutely. I think I think so. And it's it's impossible to make a causal link between the Dugina assassination and Ukrainian Independence Day. I would suspect it's purely coincidental that the two events seem to coincide. However, the timing of the assassination means that it's it's come at a convenient time if you were going to create a propaganda narrative of hatred and resentment towards Ukraine.
0: Uh, Ian, we've been watching this for six months now, or just about. The original plan was that Russia would march in and quickly take over the capital, Kyiv, take over other parts of the country, that many there would welcome Russia as a liberator. None of that happened. Uh, How does does Russia continue to spin this war then to its own domestic audience without ever getting caught out about the, the innate contradictions of what they're trying to sell?
1: Well, it has been an extremely difficult sell for them over the last few months, and we are seeing some cracks emerge. We're hearing stories of troops who are refusing to go to the front. These are conscripts who technically legally have the re- re- the right to refuse to go to the what is still being called special military operation and we're hearing some social media stories of russians frustrated with price rises as a result of the war but you've got to understand that the information sphere in russia is really overwhelmingly concentrated around support for the war around the narrative that the west is losing that Russia is losing comparatively few troops and that the war is worthwhile because if the war isn't fought, then Russian society itself is under threat, not just from Ukraine, but from everything that an independent Ukraine in the propagandist's imagination represents. And that means liberalization, democratization, Europeanization, gay rights, transgender rights, Things that this deeply conservative and frankly quite frightening ideology that folks like the Dugin family are espousing, things that represent the end of Russians to them,
0: and yet, I, I mean, I guess part of the story here, of course, is in within six months, any modicum of any hint of opposition, media of dissenting voices, has really all but disappeared, as far as we can tell. Is that really the case?
1: I would say, yes, that the opposition continues to be increasingly, if not more fragmented than they have been. They're struggling to reach outside of their social media channels, their networks. People are more frightened to speak out than they ever have been. And so what opposition to the war does exist is very much tamped down by this combination of fragmentation and fear. And that means it's going to take an awful lot for us to see any more popular uprisings, any more wide street demonstrations like we saw at the beginning of the war, simply because most Russians would have no idea where to start with that kind of protest.
0: And I imagine the assassination of Daria Dugana simply offers another martyr to the cause.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So Russians are hearing lots of stories that seem to justify the war and seem to make sense of the war and very little that attacks its underlying logic, in so much as one can call it logic, because of course to us it's highly irrational.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it it does boggle the mind that it continues that this the one line continues to be sold without without challenge or defiance.
1: It is it is extremely hard to wrap your head around when you're outside of this information and propaganda bubble. But if it's all you see as a an average Russian because you read social media and your friends are sharing pro-government material, they're afraid if they're even seeing anti-government material of sharing it, it creates this impression that there's a wave of support for something that is in and of itself illogical. And we've already noted the contradictions in the war and the war makes no sense. The war is an impossible win for Putin because it is obvious to everybody that Ukrainians will never embrace Russians as liberators. And yet Putin and his regime have pushed themselves into a corner where it's going to be very hard just to retreat from Ukraine without some tangible
0: territorial gains. Ian Gerner, um, always fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.